Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Log. Uh, this is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness and self-development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. Let's talk a little bit about Manipura Chakra, the chakra that manages or that is the home of the fire element, uh, located right under the navel. And what Manipura is responsible for in our life in a bigger sense is our karma, the causality, and uh, the dharma, the righteous act, the righteous path that we have. Uh, a good Manipura chakra is needed, for example, to create a life uh, from, in a very practical sense that is suitable to your dharma. Uh, if you have a good strong Manipura, then you don't have any problem with uh, getting the job that you want, being successful in that job, creating a social status, creating a social structure uh, that is uh, suitable and aligned with your dharma. The, or you have a lot of energy there, whether it's harmonious or not, that can also help you to manifest all these things. Like earth is the energy of uh, gross creation, uh, water is the energy of creativity in the creation, and uh, fire is the level of creation. Like it's the standard, the status of uh, creation in a way. And uh, fire is also the part in us which makes us um, good servants uh, for good causes. Uh, like you cannot be a good soldier uh, if you don't have fire. And you cannot be a good general if you don't have fire. So the solar aspect, the masculine aspect uh, would be the directing one, would be the general and the emissive, I mean the receptive one would be the soldier, but both need fire. And what is the commonality? They both serve. The general aspects of fire, the fiery temperament, the Manipura temperament is being strong, being ambitious, becoming the leader in wherever they go to. Uh, having a kind of a sharpness in their in their words, in their mind, in their actions, uh, and uh, this attitude of my way or the highway. The speech is very commanding, very sharp, very energetic, and there is this enthusiasm, there is this passion of fire usually in the way uh, Manipura people speak. And uh, yeah, there is this radiance of fire in the person. Manipura people have a certain level of charisma and radiance uh, around them. And, uh, well, this is the light of the fire. This is even the name Manipura is the city of jewels. You know, it's a gem. Uh, so it's sparkling like a gem. Manipura is also the master of our immune system. So if the Manipura is strong, then the person is vital. I hear lots of the time as a yoga therapist, I, the stories around, oh, but my grandfather was uh, smoking like a chimney and drinking like crazy and he lived happily ever after and I have to do all this pranayama and uh, kriyas and all that shit. 
Why? You know, because probably your grandfather had a killer of a Manipura chakra, whereas you don't. I'm sorry. So if Manipura is strong, the person is usually healthy. Even if there are conditions, the body is well equipped, the immune system is well equipped to uh, act upon them. The key word for Manipura, just like in Pitta, I would use uh, intensity. Manipura people love to be in love, love to have passion, love to have intensity, but in a very refined way. A relationship at the level of Manipura is not this romantic, uh, you know, craving, longing type of relationship. It's more like I am uh, in love because you want me to be the best version of myself. You know, you push my buttons and I become bigger and better. And I push your buttons, you become bigger and better. There's this comradeship in relationship. And the relationship is usually challenged by power struggles between the couple also, you know. Who has the right, uh, who has the last word? Who, who wins that battle, you know. There's this constant, you know, uh, like a confrontation sometimes. And it's very important that the couple knows uh, when to let the other one win and then next time you win so there should be a balance usually the one with the stronger Manipura or the more solar Manipura will be the dominating one but still there needs to be a kind of a, a balance that the, the couple finds now personality uh, the size of the world is not proportional to the size of your ego the ego is very big now, I am the bigger, I am the better, I deserve it all. Uh, there is uh, a lot of willpower. That's the good thing about Manipura. Like they would be very uh, diligent. That's why in many uh, yoga uh, teachings we start with working a lot on the core, on Manipura chakra, so that we build up that willpower. We build it up like a muscle. But a person who is born with a strong Manipura, which is a rare case, like 10% of the society, let's put it that way, and if you have a uh, somehow good Manipura, you become a leader of the family. If you have a huge Manipura, you become a leader of your society. So it's a bit of a proportional thing. Um, but that dynamism and willpower is usually supported by perseverance as well. Like, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to make it happen. The minus would be pride. Pride is a big Manipura thing. Honor is the refined Manipura thing. Living for your honor like people right now who are so dominated by Swadhisthana, uh, we cannot deal with this strict codes of cultures that have a very deeply ingrained codes of honor. Uh, like samurai culture is a big example, you know, like during my Manipura tapas, I had to read the book Samurai and I, I, I was like, it was the best time of my life. From childhood on, I have this fascination to all Japanese culture because of those Manipura values. I, I'm fascinated by martial arts and so on. Yeah, there is Manipura in me, obviously, from my childhood on. But it was very much dominated by the Swadhisthana that I, that I was subjected to from within and outside. Uh, but that was like reading samurai, reading those value systems there, amazing. However, when I have to be subjected to that value system, my Swadhisthana rebels. Like, I don't want to fit to any norm. I want to be free. I want to be like this. I want to be like that. That's a typical Swadhisthana attitude. Uh, Manipura is like honor, values, cultural norms, uh, community above. Uh, but community not because of we are sheeps. It's more like there is a code, there is a morality, 
and that's about your petty individual concerns. Of course, in a human being, pride comes with the opposite metrics of shame. You know, a person who feels a lot of shame, a lot of, um, you know, lacks a lot of confidence usually goes to the opposite spectrum. So when you look at it from a psychological uh, approach, then it gets more complicated. But when you look at the quality of energy, if a person has Manipura, in low times, the, 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 uh, the emotions coming up into the surface have a higher frequency than Svadhisthana emotions. Like anger is a higher frequency than sadness or depression. Uh, and from that uh, higher frequency, it's easier to jump into the frequency of emotions like love and peace and happiness and compassion. You know, there's a whole theory on frequency of different emotions, which is very interesting, actually. And Swadhisthana is, uh, Muladhara and Swadhisthana are producing quite heavy emotions. Swadhisthana, water is producing all the uh, emotions, but the different chakras give the flavor of that emotion. And if you put uh, fire uh, into, uh, into an emotion, it becomes more anger, aggression, irritability, which is the effect of Manipura. Personality is harmonious if Manipura is harmonious. The, the negative aspect of Manipura is impatience, but a balanced Manipura is actually known for patience. That was my biggest lesson during uh, Manipura tapas, you know. I was always challenged in the same department of impatience. And I had to learn, I, I really had to go very deep into what does patience mean and how does my system naturally react and uh, how, what, how can I be mindful around that reactivity. It was very interesting. Strong Manipura doesn't mean the one who shouts the most. Uh, they can be, they can appear as very tranquil, very calm, very wise uh, leaders. So please don't, uh, this loud and aggressive and tyrannical leadership is, yes, Manipura, but a, ne but a negative, imbalanced Manipura. Like this excitability, irritability of fire is when the fire is out of control. Whereas the positive qualities are, like from my lists, um, richness of reactions, this rich uh, mind and emotional world, uh, then this joy, pleasure to overcome challenges, being, uh, being enthusiastic about challenges in life. And there I can relate, for example, you know, like this is a negative quality of mine as well. It goes into both spectrums. But when I learn, when I think that I am, I have learned and mastered something, I lose interest and that affects even my self-confidence. I don't like I heard so many times when I was presenting myself for an election or for uh, like I have to present myself or my skills or whatever. Everybody would always tell me you're underselling yourself so much. It's not because I don't value myself. Uh, probably there's something there as well. I mean, in the deep depths of my psyche, but it's more like well, I've done that, it's over, so why should I brag about it, you know? Now I have another target, you know, I have to learn this, I have to master this. And this uh, new challenge is what drives me. 
Like when I was doing a thesis, uh, my first thesis on social science, science uh, with a maths background, I was really challenged. And, my, uh, and I was a strong NGO activist at that time already. I had excellent presentation skills, negotiation, mediation skills. They're not there anymore, you know, like I, I left that life a long time ago. But I had strong social skills and my supervisor would say, why do you want to bother writing an academic thesis on social science? You know, why don't you do a case instead? You know, why don't you do something? There was this option of a case or a thesis. And I'm like, well, what, what, I know that I'm good at that. Why should I bother? You know, I better uh, write a thesis and challenge myself. And that was very rewarding. That thesis helped me to really understand how social science works. And I even started, a, I, I did another master's and I even started a PhD. And the only reason why I left PhD is not because I was challenged by the thesis. It's because I lost interest in, in those uh, studies. How surprising, no? <laughs> I got absorbed into yoga and uh, I was more interested in reading about yoga philosophy than uh, European Union negotiations or civil society or whatever. Temperament, fiery temperament. Um, another good quality, courage, obviously, to be able to uh, confront challenges. You need courage, you need heroism, you need this ferocity. Uh, but the good thing is, uh, usually fiery people are very generous with uh, sharing uh, their accomplishments if their Manipura is balanced. And um, the sexuality at the level of Manipura is also very refined. If it's not refined, then it goes to this uh, extreme uh, dominant submissive games. That's a typical power struggle uh, that can happen at the level of Manipura uh, in an impure uh, level. However, uh, a pure Manipura has a very refined sense of eroticism and uh, like veneration of the opposite sex, uh, rather than abuse of the opposite sex. In the spiritual work, the value of Manipura is big. It's like when you see uh, there's a big jump from Swadhisthana, but the bigger jump is between Manipura and Anahata. That's the big distance. The A, B, C of the chakras, the first three chakras, create the most of the negative uh, phenomena in our life, most of the negative tendencies and kleshas of the mind. So to be able to jump to the higher realms, which start from the heart, there's a big road. And if I don't have energy here, if I don't have the transformative power of fire here, then how am I going to uplift the lower energies? How am I going to create that uh, synthesis that requires the fiery sparkle? So the purification effect of fire the um, destructive effect of fire is working to my benefit in spiritual practice. It purifies love states, love emotions, attachments, greeds, and so on. And it helps to move that energy up, you know, the direction of the fire. And uh, the austerity that fiery disciplines bring or require also shapes us, you know, like I gave you the example of me living in an ashram in very hard conditions, you know, that fire really uh, allowed me uh, to go through certain depths. I'm not trying to diminish everything and stay in the higher chakras through meditation and different sadhana. I am using the energy everywhere and the 
fire, the transformative effect of fire helps me to use that energy, refine it and bring it up. And that's why um, this element uh, has a big role in spirituality. The fiery pots are karma yoga, like the yoga of service. You can be a garbage collector and still do it with this, uh, you know, uh, mentality of serving others. I want to help others, you know, like I want to serve my community. Um, and uh, this is this yoga of righteous action uh, is uh, serving action is a big path. Uh, Zen practices are very uh, Manipuristic also. Uh, there is a lot of spiritual dimension depth in martial arts uh, that one can look into or uh, the source practices of uh, martial arts like Tai Chi, Qigong, these are also Manipuristic uh, practices that one can explore. Yeah, this is what I want to share about Manipura and as usual, we can dig deeper with your questions and uh, enjoy your practice, uh, enjoy the fire that your yoga practice will light in you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast on Tantra Log. Please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.